Welcome to the Circle of Birth podcast. I'm your host and advocate, Ali Kranz. These podcasts are here to gather stories, people and information to better our understanding of the wisdom of birth and how we can reclaim our connections to birth from conception and beyond. You will hear stories not only from Australia but from all over the world, bringing together women, partners, midwives, doulas and all the people that have a birth story to share. So jump right in for this next Circle of Birth story. Welcome to the Circle of Birth. Um, Today I am just delighted to talk to Sarah with these two stories that she has shared with us. Sarah is a hypnobirthing practitioner, so it was really good to get an insight into her toolbox that she used herself during her two births. And these stories will really show you how being supported and in a positive environment around people that accept and honour your birth choices, um, how the births can turn out for Sarah. Um, now, I forgot to link to her website. Um, it's Sarah, P-U-R-V-E-Y, psychology.com. Uh, you can have a look in the show notes too through my website to link to her. So enjoy these two stories. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Welcome the Circle, to the Circle, of, Birth Circle Podcast. of Birth Podcast. Hi, thanks so much for having me. That's okay. Now, do you want to just start off uh, telling us briefly about your lovely family and yourself and the work that you're doing at the moment? Yeah, sure. Um, my name's Sarah, obviously, and I'm a, a psychologist and I'm a hypnobirthing practitioner and a now mother of two. And I have two girls who are aged two and a half and just four months now. Um, and yeah, we've had two really beautiful birth experiences and two lovely um, little girls. Great. And is that the is that your little daughter there, cooing away? Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very happy little thing. Excellent. So you might just have to excuse her in the background. Oh, a bit. she's she's lovely. <laughs> she's singing away to you. <laughs> She's listening to you. I think she's looking at the computer now. Oh, lovely. <laughs> so now how did you, firstly, before we get into the your two birth stories, did you want to um, tell us how you got into hypnobirthing and how that came about? Mm, sure, yeah. I um, When I became pregnant with Charlie, I became like, particularly interested in um, how I was going to have a, a natural birth um before I became pregnant like I'd I'd never really considered pregnancy or or birth or anything like that I was a psychologist um and had been for about six or seven years at that point and um you know loved my job but like birth or anything like that wasn't particularly my forte but basically as soon as I became pregnant um yeah as soon as you know I knew that I was pregnant my I changed like I felt like this big change come over me and like I was looking after this little person already um and I wanted to do everything that I possibly could to make this uh, a positive experience like a positive pregnancy and a positive birth experience because I mean what I did know from psychology is that um the the early years are so important to the rest of a person's life because I work with a lot of adults who have had um, very, you know, difficult childhoods and, um, you know, and often, you know, very extreme situations. But um, I sort of thought, well, you know, what, what can I do to provide the best foundation that I possibly can for my children? And it, um, and it makes sense to me that, that you start from conception 
that you you know you don't just start once the baby's born that it, that everything that you do like is going to have some sort of influence on on the life that you're creating and um and then so I, I did know that a natural birth was optimum. Of course, you know, there are lots of reasons why a natural birth doesn't happen and, and they're perfectly valid. But I did sort of feel that, you know, there must be something that I can personally do to maximise my chances of having a natural birth. And But unfortunately, a lot of the people around me weren't really having very positive experiences. Like most of what people had to say about birth was pretty negative um, or just something that, you know, that you have to endure to get the baby out. And then I heard a lot of people saying, oh, you know, I wanted to have a natural birth or I wanted to do it without drugs, but but I couldn't. It was too hard. And, you know, and I even had some people laughing at me for, for thinking that I'd be able to, to have a birth without drugs and things like, you know, oh, we'll just wait, you know, you just wait and see what it'll be like. Um, and so... And I did think that, you know, well, there must be something that I that I need to do. And I felt that it was a bit like, um, you know, running a marathon in that you probably had to, to do a bit of preparation in order to be able to get through the birth experience. And, um, and I also knew that I wasn't uh, someone with a particularly high pain threshold. So I sort of thought, well, I'm going to need something psychologically to be able to, to help me get through if I don't want any pain relief or if I just want to maximise my chance of having that natural birth. And so I started looking into how psychology can influence the birth and, and help you through, um, you know, how hard childbirth is. And so I um, came across some calm birthing techniques and I actually did that that course, a calm birth course, because there wasn't anyone offering hypnobirthing in Tasmania at that time, but I um, and I also looked into hypnobirthing as well. I downloaded some hypnobirthing Australia MP3s, and I also read a book on hypnobirthing, and they um, that that was all very interesting and really really helped my partner as well as me. Um, I felt like I was very supported and like my partner would actually have a job to do. So. Uh, all of those things particularly helped and also um, I, di I did sort of feel that th the way that I wanted to have my birth experience was, was at home because I kind of felt that being so invested in a natural birth and, and wanting to actually do it without drugs, I, I didn't feel like my birth experience was going to happen the way that I wanted it to in the hospital environment and and I knew a couple of family members that had had really positive home births, and that basically they were the they were pretty much the only people that I knew that had really very empowering birth experiences. If I compared them to other people that I knew, um, you know, their their experiences were poles apart, and they they were so positive about their experience. So that was something that was right for me. And anyway, then I'll fast forward to the idea of why I became a hypnobirthing practitioner, I guess. That sort of sets the foundation. But um, after I had Charlie, um, it was it was a very good, positive experience. We didn't actually get to birth at home in the end. We were mostly at home, but we did transfer at the end. But it was, it was still a very good experience. And then shortly after she was born, two or three months, I think, I started to look into to the Hypnobirthing Australia program. And I had a look online at that and then I saw that they were doing practitioner training. 
And I really appreciated that what their course seemed to have on offer. And I spoke to Melissa, who who runs that program and does all the training. And, you know, just something felt right, like in speaking to her, like she was so passionate and the way that she had her course, like it was just really set up to provide people with that natural philosophy around birth, um, but also like how to be asking questions about the birth process and, and how to be able to be in control of your journey somewhat, like when birth doesn't go the way that you expect it to. So, you know, if you do end up needing to have that caesarean or or some other type of intervention, that you can actually still have a bit of a say in that. Um, and then also all the techniques that you learn as well, like are just so, so wonderful in helping you to be able to focus and, and get through those crisis points perhaps in the birth process. So, yes, I did the training with Melissa and and then in about at about the end of 2014 I started taking um a few few classes and and it's really just expanded from there like it's just something that I've become very passionate about and and I see how much women and their partners change as a result of doing the course you know they can they often come in very scared or just not knowing what to expect and um, they, they leave the course sort of feeling excited about birth and empowered mm. and, um, you know, and, and having these birth experiences that are, that are very different from what they otherwise would have been. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's very profound, isn't it, to be a part of their journey in that respect when they come into a situation with fear and being told all these perceptions on what childbirth is and then to do a course and then to reconnect too as a like a partner and a couple um, is so important like you said it's um, so important to make sure that the birth partner or the uh, the husband is um, fully part of the team and how important that they are and in the in the role in birth too so mm -hmm. yeah. absolutely yeah I mean that's that's just as important as anything because also you know you hear of a lot of women you know doing everything that they can and maybe doing you know relaxation or hypnobirthing techniques but then if their their partner isn't there with them it just it just doesn't work properly yeah. you know that you really have to have that that support team around you to be able to to get you across the line exactly so do you want so do you to, want to um, um, just briefly, just briefly talk, talk about Charlie's birth, birth and, then we'll and then we'll get into, get into Layla's, Layla's birth? Yeah, sure. Um, so, yeah, Charlie's birth, we, as I said, like we'd planned it as a home birth and um, so I went into labour with my um, membranes releasing or waters releasing first. Um, I was asleep on the couch in the afternoon actually and my um, my husband was away at a beer festival um, and I was having a little nap and um, yeah I I was just sort of dozing and my membranes released so I was a bit I was a bit surprised because I was about at the 38 week mark then too but um but I did I did know that you know like it was unlikely that anything was going to happen immediately that it was fairly likely that everything was going to happen pretty slowly and so I wasn't in a super panic or anything like that and contacted Andrew and he came home and my um, and I called my midwife and and she came around to um, to check that that's actually what it was that it was membranes releasing 
and I and I wasn't sort of having any um, any surges. And I'm going to call them surges, by the way, not contractions, because that's what we do in the hypnobirthing course. Because language is a very powerful thing when you're talking about birth or when you're talking about anything. But um, yeah, language and using positive language has a real, a very different effect on your mind and your body. But yeah, so I wasn't feeling any surges at that point. And fast forward 24 hours and I still, and I wasn't sort of really feeling much um, throughout that 24 hour period, nothing was really happening. So I was in contact with my midwife and we talked about like what, what we should do. And Joe had said to me, that's my midwife, that if that, that most women go into labour within 24 hours, that it's about 90% of women actually just go into labour eventually. And so that was our plan, that we just sort of wait and see for 24 hours and see if anything happened. And so, and by about the 24-hour mark, actually, things had just started to happen. So the, um, yeah, surges were sort of starting to come at about 5 o'clock in the afternoon and we are able to um, just manage at home and Andrew was cooking dinner and I was just sort of walking through and and doing some relaxation and and everything was going well and and then Joe contacted us again just to see how things were going so we had regular phone contact and things were still really in the pre-labor mode at that point and so Andrew and I were managing well just the two of us and then I think I had a shower and things was really starting to increase like when I was in the shower and um, Andrew was there with me too. And then um, I think about one or, one or two o'clock in the morning, things were really starting to increase and I think Joe, the midwife, came then. And she, she, I just remember like what a beautiful presence she had in the room. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you right? Oh, yeah, no, it's yeah. funny. Yeah. yeah, the emotions of the birth experience. Yeah. In such a positive way. Yeah, she just, she came into the room and she just quietly wandered in and just came up to me and whispered in my ear. And just said what an amazing job I was doing. And yeah, it was just it was just so beautiful. And that's exactly what you need, isn't it, as a first time mama? <laughs> yeah. Empowered and just told that you are doing so well. That is wonderful. Yeah. That's what a right. beautiful lady. <laughs> oh, look, she totally is. Yeah, no, she's the best midwife. Yeah. Yeah, she's just the best support person that you could possibly have. Like just this, this wonderful mixture of being so calm and um, and so empathic and so knowledgeable as well. Yeah. But yeah, like she was just the best, the best support that I could have possibly had. And um, I know, like I was managing well, but it was like it was intense. Like I was in in very active labour, and she was wonderful. Like in in sort of providing these really hot flannels like she was getting these really super hot flannels and putting them on my back and my perineum and I remember that being like really very comforting and um 
And then Andrew was really good as well, like just doing some light touch, like my arms and my back, which is a really good technique to be able to release endorphins. Um, so everything was like it was going beautifully, like it was a really calm, serene environment and I really felt like I was being supported. Um, it was like, you know, we were doing it together as a team. I didn't feel alone even though what I was experiencing was really hard. Um, and then like a couple of hours later and I was in the birth pool, um, I said, oh, actually, I think that's what, I think that's what happened. <laughs> it's a bit hard to remember now. But, um, yeah, and I think I started, I started to feel quite sick. So I was coming into transition, I feel, like in, in hindsight, and I was, was becoming quite sick. And anyway, like I couldn't, I couldn't stay hydrated, like, because I was quite sick. Um, and I was given a, an injection, an anti-nausea in, injection, and they also put a drip. I meet Joe and the second midwife had arrived by then, so they I think they put a drip in and and that helped get things back on track because things did sort of start to slow down a bit because I became a bit dehydrated. Um, and by that point, like I was getting, you know, like I was pretty tired and it was and it was really hard. But I was there was one affirmation that I remembered um, from listening to the Hypnobirthing Australia affirmations, and it was that. I'm prepared for any turn my birth may take. And those words just came to me. Um, you know, so it was it was incredibly difficult, but I was able to reach those words and I was able to to say things to myself like I can do this, like I can do this. Um, even though, you know, my body was at its maximum, I was able to sort of still find those words to be able to get me through. And so anyway... Things got back on track and I got in the birth pool and um, and then I ended up uh, being in the birth pool for quite a while, like in the in the second stage. And then things just didn't didn't really um, progress in the second stage. So I, so I got out of the pool and we tried loads of different positions and lots of different things, everything that we could possibly consider. And and basically, um, yeah, Charlie's. Charlie's head just just didn't want to come out. Like she was, she's proved to be a bit stubborn. So, um, so eventually we made the decision that well, we probably need to go to to hospital to just help things along. And again, the affirmation "I'm prepared for any turn that my birth may take" came to me at that time. So you know, I wasn't freaking out or anything. Like I was just just going, just going with my body, like going with the surges and giving it everything that I could. And um. And, yeah, and I felt quite calm about the whole thing, actually. Like I was quite um, happy to go to hospital and I, and I knew like at the hospital that I was sort of going to a safe place because I had a really good obstetrician as a backup too, like who was in full support of my home birth. So I knew that she was she was going to be there and she was the one that we were going to be having conversations with about what we might do. So that was reassuring to know as well. So went to hospital and... Charlie almost came, like she was really, really close to arriving and eventually like we all made the decision that um, I should have an episiotomy and basically as soon as that was done, Charlie arrived and, yeah, and it was absolutely, yeah, just so amazing and, and magical to meet Charlie for the first time and it, it didn't matter at all that that she wasn't born in the water at home, like it was just we were just so overcome with 
with joy and and amazement to to actually see that there was a baby that it wasn't mm. <laughs> sort of this funny feeling that you know that there is a baby but until you actually see it arrive um it all becomes real yeah in that one and, moment <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> right yeah uh, and, and she was and she didn't cry like she came out like you know this this long labor labor like I was in active labor for about 18 hours in the end and um you know she she wasn't crying at all like in her eyes were wide open looking around at us and looking around at other people and and she was such a calm baby like she you know she barely barely cried um and yeah just just an amazing little baby and everyone said to me oh she's so calm and she's so alert um everyone used to say that about her and she's not a calm toddler now let me just <laughs> tell you that but <laughs> she's a fiery two-year-old now but certainly as a baby for a long long time she was a very calm alert and happy very happy little thing um, so I'm sure that the birth experience has played some role in that. I'm sure yeah. it's temperament as well. But, um, yeah, no, certainly I'm sure that the entrance that she's had to her life has, has had an influence. Mm. Well, especially too, like it sounds like um, maybe if you could just describe um, the logistics of how you got to the hospital for people to maybe understand, um, did you call the ambulance or did you get driven um mm, yeah we um, just how you sort of went through that process of transitioning from home to hospital and yeah sure so we called the ambulance so basically like we agreed that that was probably the, the safest route like just in case the baby did happen to arrive um mm. like while we were driving because if you were you were driving in your car you know you may not have the the necessary equipment or it would just be easier like in the back of an ambulance yep. I'm um, lying down as opposed to being in the car and um, we just felt that that was the safest safest way that we were going to be able to do it and then um and then also yeah and I was able to lie down as well like that was quite useful lying down on my side in the ambulance um as opposed to sort of sitting up in a in a chair in a car like it would have been a bit more uncomfortable but so yeah I was I was sort of assisted to get up on a stretcher and then yeah they wheeled me on a stretcher into the ambulance and it was it's a pretty quick ambulance ride like it was only about 15 minutes we're not so we're not far away from the hospital and your midwife was with you for that trip yeah yeah she right. was yeah joe was in the back of the, of the ambulance with me and um yeah and charlie was just so close to arriving in the ambulance too i just remember that you know her just cheerleading me on she's like oh you're so close sarah you're like you're nearly you're nearly there um but yeah just didn't quite make it well, to me, it just that beautiful experience just goes to show that you were empowered and surrounded by support people. You had your obstetrician that was like going for you too and saying yes to the home birth. And um, <coughs> no matter what happened, you, you had the techniques, you had the affirmations. And like you said, it, just because it didn't go to plan, it doesn't mean that you couldn't gauge that beautiful experience and um, hold on to that, I suppose, and be surrounded mm. by that love and support and that's just what the mama needs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's right. I just yeah. think that's so important. Like when things aren't going like as you as you fully planned, you, you do need to be able to have trusted caregivers that are, that are there to have your back and to, to work consistently with what you might have wanted. Yeah. Um, and to, to provide the, the best outcome for the mother. 
And for the baby. Yeah, exactly. And in a quiet and loving and gentle way, I think. And, and I, yeah, I, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, respect is just so important. And I and I felt, felt like, you know, I was really respected. And like the, you know, the obstetrician, Lisa, she just, she just watched, like she just watched me for a while. Like she didn't say, you know, right, this is what's going to happen. We need to do this. She was just so respectful in the way that she mm. sat back for a while and then she thought, look, I'm going to make this suggestion. This is what I suggest that we do. What do you think about this? Mm. And we all we all had the opportunity to talk about it, you know, what would be, you know, what's the positives and negatives of that and and that was the, the best decision because mm. we were able to make it together. Beautiful. Like you said, language in birth is just so important, especially f- for the birthing mother. Mm. Yeah. That's right. It is. Yeah, it's so important not to disempower the woman or, or to be disrespectful or to, you know, to just tell people where, how it's going to happen. You know, you can still ask ask them questions and be gentle about it. Yeah, you're exactly right. Well, thank you because that was really good to hear that. And so one year late, well, one year thereabouts later, you became pregnant again with Lila. Yeah, yeah, about eighteen months. Eighteen was. months, yeah. 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 Um, yes, that's right. Yeah, so we got got pregnant, um, which went to plan. Like we, yeah. we were on holiday in um, in Italy and France, actually, and the plan was to to basically conceive at the end of the holiday. That's so um, romantic. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and yeah, that worked. Yeah. <laughs> it didn't take very long. So um, yes, fast forward through a like a, a straightforward pregnancy again like there was there was nothing particularly you know remarkable about that pregnancy like other than just feeling uncomfortable towards the end um and I had a planned home birth again and we had Joe, our midwife again which was wonderful because we knew Joe already from the first birth and I'd stayed in contact with her so to have that you know that really trusting relationship with her like was just so wonderful again during the pregnancy to to have her you know just know what my history was and of course you know we we went over everything again and and sort of went through all the standard um pregnancy questions and things like that but it was just good to even have that that stronger foundation than what we had the first time around and um yes in the second pregnancy i got to actually about 41 weeks 41 weeks and two days I was um so it was a lot longer than what Charlie's pregnancy was because Charlie's was about 38 and a half weeks so I was um I was fairly over it by 41 weeks and feeling pretty uncomfortable and and I was trying not to be surprised as well like I was trying not to have it in my head that I was going to to go into labor like before the 40 week mark um but yeah, that didn't really work. I still had it in my head that you know why? Why was I over forty weeks when I knew full well that a normal gestation is is anything up to forty two weeks? Um, but anyway, like I eventually sort of after having weeks and weeks and weeks of of Braxton Hicks, the thing the surges started to increase at about the forty one week mark. But because I'd been having Braxton Hicks for so long. I didn't really think much of it. I kind of just thought, oh well, you know, it's probably it's probably nothing, and and just kept on going. Um, and so, at about that forty-one week mark, I think, yeah, I was in bed at night and feeling Braxton. Well, what I thought were Braxton Hicks, 
and um and I was and I just slept through it like there was there wasn't sort of anything particularly remarkable and so I slept and the next morning I woke up and I'm like oh yeah I'm still pregnant <laughs> and then the next day um I think I had a few more Braxton Hicks and things during the day but nothing too much and then that night I had some more Braxton Hicks and and actually like all in this in this lead up I should say as well like in the weeks beforehand Andrew and I had been doing a lot of hypnobirthing practice so we had been doing this technique called the birth rehearsal which is we sort of bring all the a lot of the hypnobirthing techniques together and working together as a partnership so that would be me basically sitting on the chair and Andrew doing some light touch and and speaking some affirmations to me and having some music playing in the background and just setting up a generally sort of romantic atmosphere and um and then also like a few visualizations as well like there are a few sort of visualizations that the birth rehearsal recording was um going through to be able to just get that practice in the mind because it's really important to practice those techniques so they they are useful like when you're in the birth process because if you don't actually practice them then your your brain doesn't really have a memory of them so it's important to be able to 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 draw on them so you were, so you were practicing, practicing daily, daily leading towards a birth? birth. In probably in the last week or two beforehand, yeah, it was we'd do we'd do something daily. And if if it wasn't Andrew and I together, I'd be doing something like I'd be listening to something on my phone, like a MP3 recording on my phone, or um, or just visualizing this particular strategy called the bubble of comfort which is like visualising yourself in a bubble and then visualising yourself in in a serene, comforting place. And that place for, for me was the climbing Mount Villarica in Chile, actually, and being surrounded by condors as we climbed wow. The, wow. the mountain in the snow. So it was a pretty special moment. And um, and I was regularly visualising that, like as this, you know, as this safe, happy, comfortable place to to return to in my mind. So that, that was something that was really useful for me and I was practising that a lot. Um, so we were having we were doing lots of regular practice and if it wasn't just Andrew and I, it was me doing something. And we used a lot of acupressure as well, like in the couple of weeks leading up to it as well, to help stimulate surges. There's some acupressure points that, that really do sort of help that. And also we were using some clary sage too, which is aromatherapy, which is some um, said to, to help stimulate surges. So they were probably helping my Braxton Hicks and, and helping to prepare my body. I could certainly feel things happening, um, but it didn't didn't sort of bring on full-on labour, obviously, because my body obviously wasn't ready for it. Um, but it, all of that, I think, was giving my body good practice, though. Like, and that's what the Braxton Hicks are, are designed to do to be helping your, your, your uterus to, to strengthen and, and help those muscles to work. So I think all, all of that obviously must have helped the labour process in the end. But um, I anyway, on the, the night where I did start to, to actually increase in my labour, things did actually start to increase eventually. It was about 2 o'clock in the morning, I think, and I, and I woke up and... I was starting to have, you know, some more intense surges where I was actually starting to have to breathe 
through them and visualize that bubble of comfort and that was really working well but um and then a funny thing happened at about that time when I woke up Charlie my daughter woke up who was in the other room um and she shouted out to us my bum saw my bum saw my bum saw it was really strange and she ran into our room saying my bum saw and she wanted us wanted us to check it um it was really odd and yeah, there was there was nothing wrong with it that we could see that she she demanded for us to put some cream on it and um, yeah and so that's what we did and she she laid back she laid in bed with us for a while um, and she was fairly awake after that and which didn't matter too much anyway because I was pretty awake myself at that point but I was just sort of breathing through surges as um, as Charlie was just lying there. And eventually Charlie went back to sleep and, and Andrew went back to sleep and and I think at about five o'clock in the morning I felt like, you know, this was actually probably going to be the day, like where we were finally going to meet Lila. And um, so I got up and started preparing the birth space. So I got some candles um, and put them around and, and lit them and and played some affirmations in the background and what else did I do? I think I got a few snacks ready and sat on the gym ball, the birth ball, and um, just sort of bounced around and, and breathed and, and yeah, it was all, it was really nice and I was really happy and, and feeling really relaxed and, and I think about an hour later Andrew got up and, um, and he was wondering what I was doing. He was a bit surprised to see all the candles lit I think he didn't really think I was going to go into labor either like as I'd been talking about all these Braxton Hicks for so long so um he was kind of like oh okay and he was very calm and relaxed about the whole thing too and and we just sat sat around for a while and talked quietly and and I continued to breathe through the surges and it was all you know it was all very very manageable at that point and and I think Oh, I can't even remember how far apart they are because I didn't, wasn't really timing them too much. But at a guess, it was probably about one surge every 10, 10 or 15 minutes or so. And it just sort of progressed along like that for a few hours. Like it wasn't wasn't anything untoward at all. And, that, and it made me think, well, you know, maybe, maybe nothing's actually going to happen today. And so we, did, we called Jo and told her what was going on. And she said that, um, you know, don't be surprised if things happen really quickly. Like once once it starts, it's it's probably quite likely that things are going to happen pretty fast. And she said, make sure you don't leave it too late. And so she was basically, she was pretty much on the way, like or, or nearby, like having coffee nearby just in case we did call her. And I was, you know, I was paying attention to that. But then I was also thinking, oh, well, you know, nothing, nothing too much is happening. So we'll just just wait and see. And then at about nine o'clock, Charlie woke up, and and then um, we thought that the best decision would be is for Charlie to actually go to her nan's house for the day. I wasn't a hundred percent decided on what we would do with her, but we we had options for yeah, either her nan to pick her up or our neighbour to look after her on the day of the birth. And so that's what we did anyway. Like her nan picked her up and took her about an hour later. And, and again, like things were sort of just, just about the same, sort of not, not really progressing too much and it wasn't, it was entirely manageable. So Andrew and I were just sort of having some nice time at home, like some quiet time actually. 
um, without Charlie. It was quite nice. Um, and I think we called Joe again and told her what was going on. And, and Joe suggested that maybe we should go for a walk and we live at the beach. So um, it's, yeah, it's a great place to go for a walk. So that's what we did. Like we went for a walk together. And, yeah, I continued to have surges like during the walk and it was really good because I could walk through them. Walking through them was really useful um, instead of just standing and breathing through it. Like it was quite useful to, to just keep walking through them. And and then um, on the way back from our walk, like we ran into our neighbour um, who we're quite close to and um, we were having a chat to her and um, and then I was sort of just pausing every so often like when I was having a surge and, um, yeah, and then, yeah, we were just chatting to her and then I think eventually I... I went inside, like to just sort of be by myself, and then Andrew came inside, and and then things did start to increase at that point. Like the the walk obviously did help it uh, because things did the surges actually started to become closer together. So we called Joe, and she arrived at about one thirty in the afternoon, I think, around about that time. And again, like her presence, like was just you know, just exactly what what you need in a birth. Like it was just so serene and happy and confident. And, um, yeah, so she just, just walked in and, and gave each of us a little cuddle and, um, you know, she was really excited to to meet our baby today. And, yeah, she I think she, she checked my blood pressure and checked the baby and with the Doppler and, and baby was fine and blood pressure was fine. And so we just... You sort of chatted a little bit and, and then I would breathe through the surges and by that point, as it was becoming more intense, I was leaning over the side of the couch, sort of kneeling on the couch and then leaving, leaning over the, the side with some cushions and Andrew was doing some light touch on my back, which is, again, that wonderful technique to help release the endorphins. And I was also asking him to read through some affirmations. So we had this little um, what's called a birth cheat sheet of all the different things that Andrew could do for me. Like I said, it's a little laminated sheet with a list of various positions and suggestions and um, affirmations and, and, and different questions to ask the caregivers too, like should anything happen. So that was really useful for him. Like so I was able to just, you know, just wave it under his nose and say, read this while I'm having a surge and that was really really good for Andrew to be sort of just whispering the affirmations in my ear like it really helped kept me focused because by that point like things were becoming pretty intense and and once you sort of get to that nearing transition point like it's it's pretty hard to you know to use the hypnobirthing strategies on your own um, you kind of do need to have that support person there sort of telling you those comforting words that you're tuned to being relaxed too. It's just harder to draw on them yourself. So if you've got someone that you, you know, that you love and care about reading you those affirmations, it's really affirming and um, and comforting and, and helps produce that relaxation. So I was finding that really useful and that I really needed it. Like if, he, if he wasn't there, like during a surge, like I found it really hard to do it on my own. I think at one point, like, you know, when he had to go to the, the toilet or something, Joe stepped into his place. So she did the light light touch and, and read the affirmations to me. And again, like it, it felt like we were a team. It felt like, you know, this what was happening wasn't too much for me because we were doing it together. 
and and things just increased and and I was just having back-to-back surges. Um, so that was my transition point. Like, and I was able to sort of identify that in my head as well. I was able to, speak, I guess, because I'd felt it before. I was able to think, okay, well, you know, probably seeing as I'm not getting a break now, it's not too far away. And at that point, I was hanging off Andrew. So, like, I was standing up and, and hanging off his neck and he was sort of bearing all my weight during each surge and I felt that was immensely comforting. And, again, like, I was finding it difficult to do it without him. But that that hanging just gave my body some relief. And, again, those affirmations that he was whispering in my ear and the light touch were just, yeah, just what I needed to be able to stay focused. And... Um, and then I think the birth photographer Jess arrived, like it was sort of around like when I was transitioning and and Leah, our backup midwife, arrived then too, I think. Um, I'm not 100% sure because I don't sort of fully remember them arriving because I was in that transition point. Um, and also like it was that was perfect because, you know, it just showed what an unobtrusive sort of quiet presence they both had too. And and then um, I was in that transition period. Like it was probably for about 20 minutes, I reckon, something like that. It, it wasn't that long. And and then I felt a change in my body. Like I, I felt that there was a difference in what was happening. Like I, I felt this need to, to squat down. Like I felt like I could um, sort of half squat and, and hold my knees and sort of and, and bear down basically like it was just this bearing down feeling like it was different to the transition and I was getting a break so yeah I felt that happening and then Joe said well let's get in the pool um I think yeah it could be a good idea for you to get in the pool and I'd kind of forgotten about the birth pool at that point like we we had filled it up a good few hours earlier um so it was all ready to go and and then I I got in the pool and I felt yeah immense relief like that beautiful warm warm water engulfing me and I just thought well, why wasn't I in this earlier kind of lost track of it but um <laughs> but yeah it was it was great to get in the pool and and by that stage like I I knew that I was in the second stage and that you know baby probably wasn't very far away from arriving and um and then I was sort of it was you know it was really very very intense intense pressure and then it it reminded me of the birth with Charlie and how I had such a long um second stage with Charlie and I was I was hoping in my mind that it wasn't going to be like that and um I'd, I'd done a lot of preparation actually during the pregnancy to to visualize my body opening and using visualizations like the opening lotus flower to really help release some of the the fear I guess that it accumulated from um from having such a, a long second stage last time so yeah there was a there wasn't actually fear but it was sort of it was more just hope that that things were going to be quicker and again like Andrew speaking to me those affirmations were like it about my body opening and just allowing your body to to bear down that those sorts of words were really really helpful for me and I was able to to focus on on those words instead of letting my mind get carried away with, oh, you know, I hope I hope it's shorter or, you know, how long is this going to be? Like, again, he gave me that focus point. And, um, and then what happened? And then I noticed the rhythm to my surges as well. Like I noticed that there was, there was a real sort of intense rhythm of four surges. Like I'd say so I'd get these four pushing surges and then there'd be a break. 
And so and I'd give myself some time to rest and then there'd be these four intense surges and then a break. And it was just this really nice rhythm. So that was really so useful for me to um, to be able to count them and then to get my break. So, yeah, that was that was a really positive thing that I noticed. And then at the um, at the crowning stage, that and that was probably about about 15 minutes in or something, um, I started to feel like that burning sensation. And then the words came to my mind, ring of fire, because my friend had said that, oh, watch out for that ring of fire. That kills. That hurts so much. Um, she'd said that to me a few years ago. <laughs> and <laughs> wonderful words. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so that came to my mind, like when I was crowning. And then... The words that replaced that were numbing, numbing my perineum, which are words that are from the Lotus Flower script. Um, so because I'd listened to that script so much, those words actually came to me like at that that time of the of the crowning. So I felt the sensation. I, I thought ring of fire. Then my mind replaced it with numbing. And so I and then I was just saying to myself under my breath, numbing, 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 and and that was what I felt. I mean, not saying it wasn't still really hard, but like I, that was my focus point. So instead of thinking, oh, ring of fire, you know, this is terrible, I can't stand this, I was able to shift it to numbing and focusing and, you know, focusing on on my body surging and, and my baby coming. And, yeah, and that really worked. And, that, that, and shortly, that, uh, uh, see you guys. Uh, sorry. Sorry, I was sorry, just going to say that. Amazing. Amazing because that just shows the, the, the beauty of the beauty training, of training, I suppose, that your mind's just throwing you this curveball. That yeah, you know that you haven't thought about for a while, and then overlapping that is just the beautiful training practices that you have in Yeah, 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 that's, that's cool. right. And Andrew wasn't like wasn't even saying it to me, you know, I wasn't even listening to anything. I was just listening to music at that point. So you know, all that training I'd done, like yeah, my, my mind just saved me and, and gave me what I needed. So that's really yeah. Cool. And then a couple of couple of surges later, and, and Lila was was out, and and I and I grabbed her, like I actually I could feel her head, like at the crowning point, and so I was reaching down, and then I knew that she was about to come out. So like another surge later, and I and I reached down and grabbed her, and and Joe sort of just adjusted. Lila and then yeah I was able to grab Lila and and bring her straight up onto my chest and and then um yeah I just couldn't couldn't believe it like I was so just so overwhelmed that you know we had our water birth Mm. at home Mm. and then I said the words I did it yeah so (laughs) and then um yeah it's just this really (laughs) this really amazing moment too and it's like you as soon as you know as soon as the baby's born like you know your body stops like it stops like this major intensity and it's like you wake up almost like you you come back into the room and and then I could see everyone in the room like and I think I said hello to Jess and to Leah I'm like oh hi mm-hmm. um so I finally sort of noticed that they were in the room and yeah and it was just it was so amazing to see the, the love and the support of everyone in the room you know that had seen the moment and and you know we're seeing we're seeing Lila on my chest yeah it was it was amazing I'm really glad that you shared these pictures too I can't wait to show them um the first one just what you described just shows that like I can't believe I did this moment and then the next one's sort of you looking around with this beautiful glowing face and you're clutching little Lila and it's just oh I mean, that speaks the whole story, that photo. It's just 
gorgeous, yeah. just gorgeous, glowing face on you, and it's just that—that's it. There it is. Yeah, that's yeah. right. I know it's absolutely amazing. Those photos that Jess took, like every every single photo that she took, like it just captured the moment, and and that's it. That photo. It just says it all, does it? Yeah. Don't even need to speak. It's just precious, absolutely precious. Yeah, I'm so glad that we decided to to have her there at our birth. Like, yeah, it was just the most amazing thing to have all those photos. Like, and just basically like, those photos just reflected back at me what my birth experience was. Mm. Mm. Um, someone said something to me last week about having more babies and um, she's made a really good point because... I feel listening to these shows that it's just going to make me want to have babies all the time. And she said, well, if you just feel that way, go back and look at your birth photos and then you can relive it again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true, yeah. yeah. That's a point, yeah. And just, and just tell your story to someone like yeah. I just said. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can just listen to all these stories and <laughs> get to yeah. feel it. There, there is this, I don't know, it's like a universal, like I feel something innately in me when I hear your story and it's like some kind of I don't know transcending mother connection or something so there's something in it and um, listening to that it just made me feel about possibilities and um, a connection to you I think too um, mm. yeah. yeah that's yeah that's really amazing isn't it and I think you're, you're right like it just sort of it unites mothers doesn't it because you, you know you know you know the feelings and to be able to share in someone else's journey like does provide that connection and it's that power of language again that I was talking about before and um and you know how emotive the birth process is like you just you know such vulnerability like in the birth process that you just you know you need to feel completely supported and um have that trust in everyone around you mm. in the room because it is like it's just so um yeah. life-changing yeah and that's what i'm getting is support 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 and whether it's you know childbirth education and what you're doing is it's just making that impact on someone in their lives and having that support where they can tap into their innate tools that they have in their body to birth the baby. yeah exactly yeah yeah, that's exactly right, and, and that's what it comes down to. You know, we we should be able to just do it innately because certainly our bodies are completely designed for birth. Yeah. But unfortunately, like all the negativity that surrounds birth and all the negative birth stories that we hear, it's sort of it, it hardwires against our instinct. Yeah. You know, it's, we're just constantly given this message that you're not going to be okay, that you're going to need you're going to need something, or you know that you might not be able to do it, or it's too hard, or it's too painful. Um, or it's traumatic even. Yeah, exactly. So um, recovery and postpartum, do you want to just briefly briefly talk about that with Lila and how you went maybe for the first few months? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, when Lila was born, as soon as she was born, yeah, everything was fine in the hours after. Like, so it was a, it was a natural placenta delivery and that was fine. Um, and, yeah, there was, I didn't, didn't have any tearing um so my recovery was was excellent like i the next day i was i was literally up cooking eggs for breakfast for everyone <laughs> i did that too <laughs> if, if you listen to my birth story at the end I, I within hours i was cooking breakfast for everyone full of like just bouncing around and i think that was like i just had all this energy and resource and I just felt really good and I felt I could do it and I wanted to nourish everyone and myself and 
um, yeah, <laughs> so I did the same thing. <laughs> so wonderful. Yeah. And it's, like, it's surprising for a lot of people to hear that, isn't it, um, that you, you can have such energy, like, after the birth process, I think. Mm. Also partly because you've been, you know, pregnant for so long and so unable to do things, really. I was yeah. in the end. And then all those wonderful birth hormones at the end as well, of course, you know, that, those big surges of oxytocin really fill you with, with energy yeah. and to be able to n- nurture and look after your baby and your yeah. family. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Well said. Certainly, yeah, that's certainly how it was was for me. And, um, and then the second day, Andrew and I and Charlie and Lila, like we all went out as a family and went out for lunch and then we actually went and, and um, went to Freedom Furniture and bought and bought an entertainment unit, mm. as you do. As you do. Postpartum yeah. period. <laughs> <laughs> but, and then other people, like in the store, like we're like, oh, how old's your baby? And, um, and then we said, oh, two days. And they're like, what? Really? You look amazing. Wow. That's, they couldn't believe it. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. certainly not, not typical. And so, yeah, everything, like, in the months after were, were fine. Um, yeah, Lila was a very, very relaxed and still is. Very calm, very, very happy baby. Um, so again, like, we don't hear much of her, like, other than to she talks a lot. She sort of chatters away and, and smiles a lot and laughs. Yeah, but she's yeah. certainly a very, very cruisy little thing too. And, yeah, my recovery's been fine, as I said. And, and it was with Charlie too. Um, even though it was a longer birth and I did have that episiotomy, like it was still like a very quick recovery and I still felt like I had great amounts of energy and um, and certainly wasn't sort of feeling sad or anything like that. Mm, great. Was, and, was, and you was, got follow-up appointments with your midwife came to your house? Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. six weeks of follow-up appointments. Right. Yeah, and then, um, you know, as, as much as I needed her, which, which wasn't much, it was really just to monitor Lila and make sure everything was going well there and to make sure that feeding was okay and um, and that sort of thing, yeah. Great. So in terms of resources, I just wrote a few things down while we are chatting and I might get you to email me so I can put it up on the show notes. Um, i got affirmations. Maybe it would be a great idea if you could email me a couple of them that might help other people. Um, mm. The light touch and the birth cheat sheet, which might be good for you to sort of briefly mention, um, and the Clary Sage. Yeah, 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 no, I can I can make all those um, points for you. And um, the birth cheat sheet, like, is something that's included in the program that I teach. Great. So I can't great. really share that. Yeah. But um, I can certainly sort of talk about the the other things and yeah, things like the Clary Sage and and the light touch and the affirmations and the affirmations are available like at um from my website actually like you can download them as an MP3 and um yeah I found as I've mentioned to you like they were so useful for me and even in the first the first birth where I didn't actually do the hypnobirthing course I still listened to the affirmations a lot and and they were the words that did come to me in Charlie's birth great yeah well we'll we'll link over to your website and all your course details and that too so we can get people um sort of talking to you about the course Mm, thank you yeah that'd be great great all right with others yeah definitely so thank you that's that thank you thank you (laughs) a big thank thank you you for sharing yeah is there any um parting wise mama words that you'd like to give to people um 
just prepare. That's what I'd say. Like you know, pre- prepare for the birth experience that you that you want. That um that just just hoping for something is is unlikely to um to happen the the way that you want it to. Like it might, but um I think for for birth, if you want want it to be a certain way, and again bearing in mind that you know that you can't actually control what actually happens in the birth process, but you can prepare for any turn that your birth might take. So, you know, you might not end up having that natural birth. You might have the cesarean or you might have the epidural, but you, you can still have those, something like the affirmations to be able to help you to, to cope with whatever it is that happens and to, and to have that support person that is there with you, like doing, he's giving you all these tools to be able to, to help you to focus and relax that um but and you can only do those things with with some preparation by you know by reading lots of different stories or listening to stories on podcasts or reading good books about about birth or you know really asking your caregivers lots of questions about what their philosophy is about birth uh, and and giving yourself some some tools yourself to be able to prepare your mind I think are the other things that I'd suggest for people. And they're certainly all the things that I did with my birds and I wasn't lucky. Like I, I did a lot of preparation to, to get the birth experiences that I had. Okay, great. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, uh, and again, thank you for coming on and sharing your stories with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. No problem, I'll, I'll, I'll pass the word on to anyone that wants to share their stories with you as well. Beautiful. Great news. Did you connect with this episode? Then head over to our website, circleofbirth.com. There you'll find show notes, pictures, resources, and potentially connect with today's storyteller. Don't forget to sign up to be updated with new empowering episodes and content. Help the show grow by contributing a tip in the jar to make sure we can continue to better the podcast and connect more and more to the wisdom and birth and each other. Hey, and don't forget the iTunes rating. This has been another episode of the Birth Share Project. We breathe, we birth, we empower. Thank you.